All wings report in. House dog, standing by. Mother Goose, standing by. Low Tech Tuck, standing by. Lock S foils in attack position. Animal Squadron ready for battle. Welcome back, everybody, to the Animal Squadron podcast. You are here with your hairiest host, Mother Goose. And Low Tech Tuck. And once again, our good friend, Setherton. That is, in fact, what my name has been. Uh, ha so happy to be here with you guys. It's been a very long time since I've been called Setherton, seeing as how I've not produced content <laughs> under that name for the past two years, just about. <laughs> so. Everyone else may have forgotten, but I remember. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> What's your name now? Uh, it's just Seth. I'm really not doing anything right now <laughs> at the moment. I've got a lot of stuff in the works. I got a lot of stuff under development, but I have not like done any branded stuff since since the that one video I made. Uh, yeah. Okay. Before Adobe kicked me off of their creative suite. <laughs> yeah. Well, so last time you were on, we got to talk about uh, kind of like your Star Wars journey, some of your likes, some of your dislikes. Um, but yeah, um, what's what have you been watching lately? What's what Star Wars content have you been consuming? Um, so the Star Wars stuff that I've been consuming, I've I've seen the Ahsoka show, the the nice. new series that was written and directed by Dave Filoni. I've watched Visions. Okay. Um, over again i watched it when it originally came out but i decided to go in and watch it in the original japanese dub um is that season one that is season one i haven't seen okay. season two Sorry, okay i don't have okay. that much to yeah you're good know, you're good add to my my repertoire but um yeah uh i mean watching visions in japanese totally uh, elevated that experience for me yeah um you know i thought it was all right in English, but when I watched it in Japanese, it was like a switch turned on in my brain where it's like, oh yeah, I'm watching anime. Yeah. And that yeah. kind of has like a different sort of feel to it that just made it feel way more impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just quick question. Uh, we, on our last episode, we talked a lot about like Thrawn and stuff. How did you think right. they did with Thrawn in Ahsoka? Right. Yeah, we totally did. Like the that last episode was mostly like looking forward ahead to the ahsoka show wasn't it yeah yeah and dave filoni's movie yeah right um yeah i thought the ahsoka show had some really good parts some stuff that i really really want to see more of um and there were just some parts that i i wouldn't say there was anything that i actively disliked in it but there were some parts where it was like okay maybe we could have could have done another story pass on this episode and yeah. just tried to like punch it up a little bit try to make it a little more interesting try to try to think about this show as its own thing rather than just a prequel to another thing mm -hmm. um which is kind of what it felt like by the end of it for me it kind of really felt like okay they're they're really just giving us the setup this is the opening crawl of um of, of Dave Filoni's movie. And if his movie has an opening crawl, I can totally see it just being like a three sentence sum up Recap. of the Ahsoka show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed a lot of it. I, uh, you know, I loved, 
uh, Sabine's whole thing, um, especially in that there was a, are we, are we allowed spoilers here? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think okay. we, oh, yeah. uh, I think we've finished our putting out all our episodes. So yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, the, there was, uh, you know, that's the, especially once Sabine started to have like conflicting motives going on, uh, with her that's when she really kind of took off for me. And I, I was interested to begin with because, you know, I've, I, I, I like rebels. I've, you know, it's the same character that I've seen, but, um, there was the, uh, the scene with her and Balin mm-hmm. where, um, he just kind of crawls inside her heart and takes it for a spin. Um, <laughs> and, and it was, it was honestly some of the best star Wars I've seen recently was that one scene with yeah. where, where she's trying to stop him and he offers to let her come with them. Um, and it, and it kind of, you know, kind of really elevated both of those characters for me. I think Balin was definitely my favorite part of the show. Um, yeah. He was the most interesting. They gave us just enough that we kind of knew what was going on with him, but not enough that like it, it gave away everything that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Ray, uh, I'm blanking on his last name, but the guy uh, who played Stevenson, Stevenson, I believe. Yeah. Ray Stevenson just has this presence on screen where you can't help but like think about him whenever he's even in the scene. Um and what what does he what is he doing here? What does he want? Yeah. Uh, how is he going to go about doing it? Um, you know his whole disillusionment with both the Sith and the Jedi thing was one of the most nuanced uh, character motives that I've I've seen in Star Wars in general. Yeah. Um, uh, he his whole you know the 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 the. You know, he kind of plays into Snoke's line about darkness rises and light to meet it, but he sees it more as a, this is a never-ending cycle that's causing untold pain to countless beings throughout the universe. And yeah, we need to figure out how to not be in this. It's not just enough for the light to triumph over the dark. We need there to not be light and dark anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because even though, yeah, light always wins, but still there's a war going on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's people are hurt hurting people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how I, I read his character. Um, and, and that just was so, so interesting. And the fact that it didn't like push him to become just this evil dude. Like so yeah. many of the Sith are just evil guys. They're just mm-hmm. like, they, they'll, they'll kick a kid. If given the opportunity, (laughs) in fact, not even they'll they'll search out the kid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, right. They'll just casually snap the kid's neck as they walk by for for dramatic flair. Yeah, Um, yeah. And and, um, it was really cool to see. Like this guy is 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 an antagonist for sure. He's definitely against the heroes, but it's not because of anything having to do with the heroes specifically. Yeah. They just have different goals that happen to put them at odds with each other. And I, I kind of wa- watching that, I kind of felt like he would totally let Ezra and Sabine and Ahsoka just go off and do their own thing if it didn't conflict with what he was currently doing. Yeah, for sure. You know, he was totally willing to just like let... And, and the fact that he honored his agreement with Sabine, he wasn't even like, ha, now we've got you. You've fallen into my trap. You are far too trusting. Um, <laughs> you know, like it was... <laughs> He, he actually like brought her in and ordered that she not be harmed and then gave her 
a, a, a little dog wolf creature to ride on to go find Ezra. It was, yeah. and, it, and it was only after he was ordered by Thrawn afterwards to, to, to hunt them that he actually did. Right. Which and I even think... then he left <laughs> and stopped hunting them. Yeah. But I think Balin is a really good just example of kind of what we're going to be talking about today, which is the chosen one prophecy and the balance within the force. Um, so kind of getting into that, I'm just going to read us off the actual like new canon uh, prophecy, which we recently got, I believe, last year with the Master and Apprentice novel. Uh, right. Master and Apprentice being in reference to Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, for those of you who haven't had a chance to read it yet. But the prophecy says, Only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the nameless. The danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the galaxy entire. When the force itself sickens, past and future must split and combine. A chosen one shall come, born of no father, and through him, ultimate balance in the force be restored. Wow. That is, um, that is way longer than uh, the one that I read, which yeah. was mostly just the last three sentences of that. Right, right. Um, Tucker, what are, what are your thoughts on, on this? So, if you look at Star Wars chronologically throughout the time, the Force has been sick for a long time, and actually, I'm just going to start us off hot in saying that I think the Force has attempted several times to fulfill the prophecy, to balance itself. Yeah. And Anakin is actually, like, one of actually a line of force users that are supposed to be the chosen one to balance the force. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Do you I like um, that take, do you have like, is, is that just a theory or do you have any, um, like examples of previous Jedi and or Sith potentially a very easy example would be Revan for instance. Oh yeah. That would be one. Um, you know, especially with, Light turning to dark, then turning to light, and, um, you know, fighting and defeating many Sith and Jedi that are right. problematic in order to fix the Force. I mean, that's that's one way that he attempted to. I mean, he's still not the chosen one. Anakin's the only one who I can really say actually finishes it. But you have people like that. Um, you have... Exar Kun would be one that attempted to. He attempted to be the chosen one, but just wasn't. Yeah. Um, you have... I don't know, I'm trying to think of other ones that attempted to do the same thing, but just couldn't. But, yeah. I mean, that's all I have for now. Well, no, I, I think those that, are yeah. really good examples. Um, yeah, I um, I think that you're, you're onto something there, and I've, I've actually written many a... a a Reddit wall of text um, about <laughs> that very thing is that I think that you're, you're totally on the money there that, that the idea of this prophecy and the, and the chosen one, it doesn't necessarily apply to one specific individual, but, but yeah. rather the, this, this kind of hope as prophecy, like the, the prophecy is kind of like an expression of hope that someone will eventually bring balance to the force yeah. And that, um, like, Anakin certainly was one of the 
bringers of balance in that mm-hmm. case. I would argue that um, it, it, whether or not it, it worked for audience members, it's, it's definitely seemed to be the intention of the um, of Lucasfilm with Rise of Skywalker that Rey also be a, a quote-unquote chosen one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, with the line that Anakin says, you know, bring balance, Ray, like I did. Um, like, whether or not that landed for you, I think that it's definitely clear that they intended Ray to also kind of be taking that mantle that yeah. was previously Anakin's. Yeah. Well, I think before maybe we get too deep into, like, how the prophecy was brought about and, like, if balance was you know if the chosen one actually did what they were supposed to let's let's mm-hmm. spend just a few minutes talking about what what balance in the force actually means because this is something that's heavily debated in the Star Wars community right this is the part where one of us will wake up with egg on our door <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah i will just say what the what the old school jedi believe yeah go just ahead just to just to throw that opinion out there is that they believe that they are the balance in the force Right. And so if you're not Jedi, you shouldn't be, is kind of what they think. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, obviously that's not right. Right, right. (laughs) But, Um, yeah. And then there's a whole other, like, um, uh, a a lot of times I think Americans, and we've talked about this on the podcast a little bit, but we view, like, balance from a very, like, Western perspective where it's, um, balance is good beating evil, kind of to go off what you were saying, Tuck, you know, but mm-hmm. then um, Star Wars is very inspired by Eastern influences, where we see the yin and yang, where light and, light and darkness exist together in balance, so a lot of people believe that that is what the balance should have been, was um, the dark side and light side existing in coexistence. Yeah, and and I would, yeah, and, and I totally know what you're talking about with like all the eastern influences the the mm-hmm. idea of the jedi is a very um buddhist inspired philosophy of yeah. the, the emotional detachment of yeah yeah anyways um i kind of have gone through a sort of arc in my uh belief in what balance in the force actually means yeah um cuz when i was a kid it was totally uh what tuck just said um about how you know, the Jedi beating the Sith, that is bringing balance. Um, and then kind of as I went through my my edgy teenager, you know, uh, I want to be the cool gray Jedi one uh, phase, it was, it oh, was yeah. oh, you have to be equal light and dark. And look, Anakin made it so that there were two Jedi and two Sith, plus all of the other ones that were eventually added to the kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, and kind of as i've been going through and i'm sure that this is not where i'll land eventually but i kind of am kind of going a little bit back to the the original light side is balance kind of thing uh because elijah you mentioned when we recorded our last episode um that the dark the dark side is definitely present in the original trilogy yeah. Um, but the light side isn't. Nobody yeah. ever mentions the light side. Nobody ever talks about, oh, you need to 
go back to the light side of the force. It was just you have the force and you have its dark aspect. Right, and that's that's um, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. We right. actually the first the first ever reference of the light side was in uh, an EU novel. And the first, I think, canon reference is in the Clone Wars. Correct me if I'm right. wrong. I think you're right about that. Because there was definitely, uh, like, the Mortis arc came out before anything Disney did. Right, right. Right. Um, um, yeah, so I'm kind of... And, and, and it's, it's hard because Star Wars has so many different creators. Uh, so many people have made Star Wars... Yeah, uh, there have been so many writers, so many people, and each one of them kind of imparts their own philosophy about this on it. So, like, you look at Mortis, and it's 100%, oh, yeah, you need equal light and dark. Right. Um, but you ask George Lucas about, like, after, because somebody asked him about it, after Phantom Menace came out, like, what does balance in the Force actually mean? And he gave the answer that it's just the Force, minus right. the dark side. <laughs> like, yeah. um and and so I'm, I'm not trying to say like, oh, George Lucas said this, so this is what it's definitely is. Because again, Star Wars has is not George Lucas's anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it started out that way, but it's become like a lot a bigger community project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, actually, if you guys don't mind, if I jump off real quick, um, I'll just share my opinion as far as what balance is. And I think where the story goes in the first six movies is I think the balance like yes Anakin does bring balance to the force light and dark yin and yang all that good stuff but in my opinion I think that bringing balance to the force was every bit as much about killing Sidious yeah because he was such a cancer on right the force and what it means and it existing in all human I mean in, in all beings I mean, right. he was such a such a sickness. He needed to be killed, and that's what right. a lot of I think the balance came from mm-hmm. is that yeah. he was he was too dangerous to be left alive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I I to, to use the Star Wars <laughs> quote. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. I'm glad um, Seth got it because I did. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah, no, I and I and I think that's probably kind of where I land on it is that it's not necessarily about good and evil or about the, the, the you know whatever. It's about uh like the force itself not being well, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That it's yeah. it's it, you know, the force has been sick, I think one of you said um earlier. Yeah. And and, and that I I would kind of go to that's what the dark side is is a corruption of the force mm-hmm. that there's i i would i would probably say that um if you ask me that that the light side is not the opposite of the dark side the light side is just the force itself and that the idea of the light side is that you are a servant of the force and that the force is working through you. Whereas the dark side is you dominating the force for your own motives. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's kind of how I would look at the, the difference between the two. It's not really that, Oh, one side's evil. One side's good. It's more that in one side, you are being a vessel for the force to work its will through you. And in the other, you're uh, dominating it to your own will. 
Yeah. Um, which which would kind of tie into that, you know, Sidious being a cancer on the Force, being he he's bending the Force to his own will and using it to crush any opposition to himself. He needed to be removed for balance to be achieved for the Force to work its own will through the galaxy. Yeah, well, and just to throw something out, I mean, just a general thought to, to support what you just said. I mean, I just want to say that uh, just because something is a protest doesn't mean it's an opposite. Ooh, like, you know, the dark the dark side is a protest to right. the force. Yeah. But it's not necessarily the opposite. And yeah, no, yeah. I think I think we're speaking the same language. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons that there's a lot of confusion on this is because as much as I love George Lucas, I don't think he was set on what he wanted it to be. Because, you, Seth, you're completely right. He did talk about that uh, the force in that sense after The Phantom Menace. But during the production of the Clone Wars, he switched again back to the yin and yang. Right. Uh, like I, I literally just watched an interview of, of a writer's room where he was telling everyone like how the Force works, and it was yeah. yin and yang. And I was, and it made me realize I was like, I don't even think George Lucas knew exactly what the balance was. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he yeah. he was making movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. I'm, I'm not like I'm not trying to pick on the guy, but. I mean, he was he was making movies, and I mean, and we're the ones who decided to get obsessed with them. That, right, that's, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. I don't think he ever intended anyone to be nearly as analytical as we have mm-hmm. about it. Just in the past ten minutes, and we haven't even like gone into it all that much. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is completely it was, just. It was, yeah. It's like the, yeah. in his head, I'm sure, like when they were making the original trilogy, light and dark were just shorthand for good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you also, know, like, he probably just assumed, like, they'll get it. Yeah. yeah. Right. They'll just get it. it we did very get much it, that George. Kind of story we did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, suddenly, all of, like, Yoda's, Yoda's um, little retorts to luke and empire start to make sense because luke is like why no there is no why <laughs> just do it <laughs> just do it please please that's, that's that's george writing to the fans yeah. there is no why just watch it <laughs> uh, i did also want to talk about sorry it, a lot of a lot of this for our audience has just been us spitting out all of the di- all of the different theories on the balance because there's a stupid amount of them the last one I can think of is the fact that, like, when you're just looking at what George Lucas created, you know, after episode three, there was uh, two Sith, two Jedi, Sidious and Vader and Obi-Wan and Yoda. And then, or people think, well, Obi-Wan and Yoda failed, so instead it's uh, Vader and Sidious and Luke and Leia, that there were these two super powerful um, force dark side users and so the force balanced itself by creating luke and leia which is actually uh tucker and i were talking about this a little before we started recording there's an interview with uh freddie prince jr who um is kanan uh in rebels Mm. for those of you who uh weren't sure um where he essentially says this exact thing where balance is the fact that the force created luke and leia to uh balance out these two dark side users. And I always really misunderstood his quote because I was like, two and two is stupid. Like that's, that's not something you can achieve like that. You can't always have the exact number of Jedi and Sith, 
but yeah. that's not what it also like we talked about would... the sith never do they right. never have just two yeah right. and who would call that a victory in any sense yeah. of the word <laughs> but i don't i don't think that's what like after rewatching it i don't think that's what he was saying i think he was saying that like the numbers don't matter it's just there were these two really powerful dark side users and so the the force created two uh, potential really powerful light side users almost like we get in the sequel trilogy the like dyads in the force mm-hmm. hmm. yeah yeah i i kind of find it interesting um whenever somebody on reddit like goes off on like why why balance means equal light and dark because if you watch the if if, if you experience the stories the force definitely has a light side bias yeah and like yeah. what it what what the force itself chooses to do Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I mean, just put um, yourself in the force's shoes. I mean, if you were the, if you were the creator and ruler of a universe, would you rather deal with people who want to serve you, or who want you to serve them? Right. Which one would you like better? Right. If you yeah, were theoretically but, their force divinity yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. one of the things where it's like, okay, you could talk about you know equal light and dark being what balances, but that's definitely not what the force thinks it is. <laughs> yeah yeah um, uh, the force will create equal light to oppose the dark but i don't think the force is ever in in any story created equal dark to oppose the light yeah that's, that's excellent a, that's yeah. a really good that's, point that is excellent i like that um so the next thing i want to bring up is in i believe it's in episode two where Yoda mentions that perhaps they misread the prophecy. Like, <laughs> uh, it's my favorite line in that whole movie. Me too. <laughs> but the, but what makes me laugh is the the new canon prophecy. The first line is only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the nameless. Like <laughs> they had to, they had to know it was coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah. This, but also, this is part of yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I also kind of asked the question, though, as far as, like, while I think everyone can agree that Anakin actually accomplishes it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. this is why, like, my earlier point, though, of in the Jedi's mind especially, but also in the Sith's mind probably, too, there's been several, because there's been, what, four Jedi purges? Yeah, I think at the, so. At this point in, the, in, in Star Wars? I, I know um, for sure in Star Wars, I'm not entirely sure if they're all like now like still official Disney canon. Oh yeah, like the first three, I guess. But I mean, but two of them, we have at least two of them. Right. Yeah. Right, we've yeah. got the uh, Kylo Ren's and Darth Vader's purse. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, either way, is there a new chosen one every time in their mind, Ooh. or is there just one? Oh, and that's he hasn't kinda, come yet. That's, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Is like, was that... everyone, I mean, not to get super religious here, but like, was everyone before just a prophet and now we have the Messiah? Or have there been several messiahs? Yeah. Is kind of my yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I've been leaning towards more, more and more recently, is that it's less about this, like, it, what, the prophecy was less about a foretelling of specific events and more of just a exposition on the nature of destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. That it's not like it's talking about, nobody, I don't think anybody, like, sat down and saw Anakin throwing Sidious down a, 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 a reactor shaft. 
Yeah. You know, I think it's more of like somebody was so in tune with the force that they gained enlightenment about the nature of the force itself mm-hmm. and gave this 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 prophecy about, well, it, it has to come to balance. Yeah. Uh, Th- there will um, be a purge, a sickness and a redemption every time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and in that case, you can look at it like, OK, Anakin was a chosen one. Luke was a chosen one. Ray was a chosen one. Uh, the chosen one specifically is 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 an odd way of calling them because yeah. it makes it sound like something had like the will to specifically select a specific individual. Um, and even when you read the prophecy, it's not clear who's doing the choosing. Yeah, yeah. I will um, say Anakin's the only one that I that I think you could argue was actually chosen by the Force. Right. And I'm only right. saying that because he was created by the Force. Yeah. Right. That's so, the well, that's that was, would be my only argument. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, he was created by Sidious in an attempt to to manipulate the prophecy. So. Yeah. Um, I I know what you're talking about, and that's something that's been really misinterpreted as well. Oh, is it? I'm actually a plagiarist created Anakin guy. Also, <laughs> I'm just gonna throw <laughs> yeah. that out there. So, <laughs> I, I, I think it was both, both both of them leaning over that bowl from that uh, that Yoda episode of Clone Wars. Yeah, <laughs> you, you get the whole like cities thing from a comic where Vader essentially like has this, uh what people misinterpreted as visions of his past for more like how he views his life. So in right. this, we see... It was see, the There Was No Father... Right. Uh, there was... Comic panel, yeah. And, like, we see, like, Sidious kind of, like, creating Vader. But mm-hmm. in all actuality, this was just how Anakin viewed his life because he's realized he's been a slave his entire life. He was never right. really free, and uh, it was right. all part of Sidious's plan. Um, yeah. But... I, de- I mean, I could definitely be wrong on this, but I think I think it was more so Plagueis started to be able to manipulate life, and the Force created Anakin in response to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah, because what I'm saying, because we do I, know that Plagueis could create life. Sidious says that in Episode 3. That's canon. Plagueis yeah. can create life. We know that. He just can't sustain it. Um, <laughs> he can't bring them back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, see, and that that specific line, I I've always held in my head that Sidious and Plagueis created Anakin. Yeah, even I, before I did too for a long even time. before that that comic came out. That comic's yeah. a, a more recent Disney uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and That's so why I'm like, a Plagueis yeah, guy. You're, <laughs> yeah, you're totally you're totally right that in that comic, that is not necessarily what it's saying. Um. It's more, you're, you're correct, that it's more Anakin, you know, seeing how he thinks of himself in, in physical terms. Um, but I, from, like, the first time I ever saw Revenge of the Sith, the way that Palpatine does his whole, you know, he could influence the midichlorians to create life. And he looks Anakin, like, dead mm-hmm. in the eye. <laughs> yep. Like, to me, that always was like, telling oh, him. that's, yeah, that's yeah. how he yeah. got it. So I, I so, think that's what George Lucas intended, and then, the, and then Disney came in and changed it. I see. I see. Well, what are you going to do about that? Nothing. We can't. I will <laughs> probably cry in the shower a little bit, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I do normally, but I'll cry double tonight. <laughs> Yeah, that's easily, easily the most rational response from any Star Wars fan. Exactly. 
So uh, you guys were talking about like multiple chosen ones, and there's a, a featurette called the Skywalker Legacy, where J.J. Abrams himself clarifies that the balance in the Force is never permanent and has to be restored from time to time. Um, so I think that's kind of his philosophy when he was making The Rise of Skywalker, that there will always be need to uh, rebalance the Force over and over again. Yeah, I kind of I kind of see that being t- the the case too because otherwise there's no free will in the galaxy, yeah. right? Because it, you can't guarantee that there will never be another Star War. Yeah. Um because people exist and are people. Mhm. Um and and it's kind of it's kind of harkens back to many of the existing uh world creation myths. Uh, that exist in our world where it's just like everything was pretty okay and then people came and now you can't now now everything's screwed up right it's, right you know it, now you, you ate the apple you 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 broke the seal you you know pandora's box everything you know it's just now that there are people you have no choice but to try to use the people to fix things even though you know it can never be a permanent solution yeah yeah tuck how are you feeling I don't know. I'm I'm really getting into that. I mean, just uh, the the whole prophecy thing. I think it's one of those things where I don't think we'll ever get an answer. To tell you yeah. the truth, I I think yeah. uh, the way that Star Wars works is they'll never just give us a straight up anything. But yeah, I really enjoy exploring all these options personally. Mm-hmm. The only thing mm-hmm. that I will say, as far as my personal opinion, is, I mean, I agree that there have been multiple that tried to bring balance to the Force. But I think my earlier point was more that, like, I I really think that Anakin's the only one I can think of that actually accomplishes that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I have trouble with, and, you know, granted, I am biased. I'm not a sequel fan. I mean, I'm I'm just going to say that. But I just, I have trouble with that Ray would be one, too. I kind of... I kind of more think, especially watching the movies, that that's something that was retroactively put onto her. Whereas yeah. Anakin, that was always his character's purpose. Right. right. I, I think they yeah. weren't well, entirely sure how to like make the sequel trilogy feel like not just or episode nine specifically, not just not just in the ending for its trilogy, but the ending for the whole saga as a whole. And so that was just kind of the easy answer. Just yeah, oh yeah, Ray, it, raise this. Raise the pro, pro uh, chosen one the whole time. Yeah, and it yeah. And, and just you know to go along with that, it feels artificial to me. Is my yeah. point? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot in Rise of Skywalker that feels like okay, you guys are playing catch up here. Yeah, right. it, it's it feels artificial in a lot of ways. So yeah. now I mean, I'm it, also it, not here can, to hate on the sequels, but yeah, that's yeah. just. I mean, my you point. can you can yeah. you can look at the sequels and just say that the entire the entire time with the sequels they were playing catch up, right? Yeah. Because there, there was a lot of fan vitriol before the sequels came out um, about the prequels. And so Force Awakens come out having to prove that, yes, we can do good Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people were like, oh, it was too similar to A New Hope. So then Last Jedi comes out having to prove we can do new things with the Star Wars movies. Yeah. And then people didn't like it because it was too different or because they mishandled some of the characters. And then they had to be like Rise of Skywalker. Oh, crap we have to end this story now yeah, yeah there's Let, a really let's just yeah there's a really good youtube video that goes exactly into that it's called uh the anti-trilogy by um so uncivilized 
Mm, uh, it's like a 25 a minute video definitely worth checking out and that i mean it's exactly what you said just they every every video was a, every movie was a reaction to something else right yeah which uh seth so tucker and i we haven't read the rise of skywalker novel uh you know we we don't have necessarily the most positive uh, views on it, but I know you said in our last one that the Rise of Skywalker novel was really good and it changed your perspective um, on it. So specifically, like the Chosen One and the Balance, was there anything from that novel that really stuck out to you? Yeah, the fact that it didn't mention those at all. <laughs> yeah. the 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 Rise of Skywalker novel. One of the best things it did is it took away all of the stuff about destiny and legacy and the and and like the the raise the new chosen one you're his granddaughter obviously she's still his granddaughter in the novel right yeah. but it, it it stopped being concerned with like ray's place in the force and started to be way more concerned with ray's place in her peer group in yeah. the resistance in the galaxy in general what is she supposed to do let's assume we win this war what's next for ray um she just saw a vision of herself being evil. If she tries to go train more Jedi, is that actually how she's going to end up becoming evil? Like, it, 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 it doesn't deal with any of the stuff that the fans talk about in yeah. terms of the Chosen One and the Destiny and the Light and the Dark. And It does talk about Light and Dark, obviously. It's Star Wars. But, right, right. Um, one of the best things I think it did is that it really grounded the characters in what's going on right now what are the conflicts that we're currently facing beyond just how do we bring balance it's like how do i i feel like everybody is using me was kind of ray's uh ray's whole deal was that like oh there, i'm the only jedi left so i feel like i need to be doing things but like the resistance just sees me as the last jedi right um the the ben is the only one who actually sees who i am for real Mm-hmm. everyone else just sees this this um this version of me that they have in their head whether yeah. it's the first order whether it's whether it's sidious himself whether it's the resistance even she she even has these feelings about leia because leia's like don't ever be afraid of who you are and she's like but do you even know what that looks like leia yeah um because leia's her master she has to leia has to kind of foist her expectations of of what ray needs to be on her in order to teach her um and so that, I think one of the best things they did was give Ray that that they they expanded on kind of the 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 line from the trailer, which might be the best um, uh, what, what might be the best line in the movie about how the everyone says that they know me. I'm afraid that nobody does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And and kind of made that her whole deal in that movie was knowing who she was. Um. And, and and she she kind of has an idea of who she is, but even she's not sure about that. But the only person who, th- who she feels actually sees her for who she is, is Ben. And it yeah. kind of ties into that, that why she would go to him so much. Yeah. Um, I really wish yeah. we had more of that. <laughs> like, yeah. I really yeah. wish that I yeah. got to see more of that. That, I think, yeah. would have helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the thing is that that the it, it makes the moment later when she does the admittedly stupid thing where she, like, crosses the streams, <laughs> the mm-hmm. lightsabers, yeah. you know, um, where and she says, I'm all the Jedi. And in yeah. the book, that takes on a new meaning about how she is the legacy of the Jedi. She still doesn't quite know who she is and what she's going to do, but she knows her place in terms of that destiny thing that she is 
the only one who can do something about this right now. Yeah, I, I like that a lot better than her, like, actually being all of the actually Jedi. Actually being oh, all yeah. of the Jedi. Yeah. And, and, that makes, like, yeah. and that actually makes the chosen one thing, to me, actually mean something. Rather yeah, than just, right. like, a cheap line. Like, it, right. like to me, just, that, that makes me feel a lot better about people saying that about her. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. right. It's not, yeah. it's not, it's less of, like, an actual thing about her and more of a role she's stepping into. I am now all of the Jedi. Yeah. So and I, I am going to be the one that opposes the darkness. Yeah. And, and I would say like, you know, instead of the chosen one, she's the last one. Yeah. They're equally right. important. I'm not trying to like, you know, but just different. It seems to me that, yeah, they're just different. They're just different. Yeah. yeah it's sure. cool though. Yeah. Very well, cool. to kind of just keep us moving forward, I think we should talk about the father, the son and the daughter, but not the ones you're thinking. Anakin, Luke and Leia. Ah, because there's a lot of debate. We've talked a lot about Anakin and him being the chosen one. I think we all all pretty feel similarly about him fulfilling that role. But there's also been a lot of debate on Luke being the chosen one because he was the catalyst to bringing Anakin back to the light. Um, but then there's also the rumored um, George Lucas sequel trilogy scripts where Leia was actually going to end up being revealed to be... Uh, the chosen one in the end, which isn't canon, never happened, but I still think it's something interesting to talk about here. Right? Yeah, because I mean, there, there was regard- no, there was, there was no chosen one in the original trilogy. There was no mention of that. There was right. no concept of there being a chosen one in the original trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I will say, in light of the of the first six movies, is that Anakin clearly is. I mean, yeah. I think that's safe to say, um, but especially too in light of some of the new Disney canon stuff, is he still is because I mean he's the one that the father chooses, the Mortis God, the father chooses. Right, right. He's the one that's shown that he's the chosen one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it so did, what I would say is, feel... I mean, I think at this point it's kind of inarguable that he. Oh is. no, yeah, I completely you know I mean? agree. I just yeah. I just I would thought bring it was up, something to bring up. Yeah, and I, I would bring up that, like, Anakin's being chosen as the chosen one um, in, in the Mortis arc did seem a little bit have to do with more just the fact that he was the most powerful and less mm-hmm. about, like, any actual thing having to do with destiny. Yeah. Because it, it was only, like, the, the reason that the father decided yep he's the chosen one is just because anakin was able to hold his kids in Down. place yeah yeah um so so i i definitely agree with you anakin is the chosen one he is mm-hmm. the named chosen one we can talk about the role of the chosen one and how many people like like rose to that role but mm-hmm. in terms of the actual named chosen one it's definitely anakin yeah, yeah. Which I really love the Ahsoka series and what we see Anakin as in the Ahsoka series. It to me, I think we talked about this a little bit in our, uh, I believe, should have been our episode five episode or part five episode, where we see Anakin in uh, the world between worlds, and I think we should discuss the p- possibility that he has now become the new father. The the balance in the force. We see him as Anakin. We see him as Vader. There's a lot to get into here. Yeah, that was actually how I had my uh, my my uh, treatment on the sequel trilogy end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, 
I uh, used to do a podcast with Caleb Garrison uh, that was called Real Talk, uh, mm-hmm. fixing your favorite flawed blockbusters. Yeah, and we would we would do story treatments on movies that we saw as flawed and how we would have fixed them. Yeah, um, and this was this was like right after Rise of Skywalker came out, so there was a lot of hate in my heart. For, <laughs> yeah, for, uh, who who I at the time called Jar Jar Abrams. Um, <laughs> that is insulting. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's hilarious. Anyways, continue. Um, anyways, yeah, that's that's a whole. My my thoughts on Jar Jar are a whole other episode. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> the, uh, um, but I I kind of wrote a a treatment of of the sequel trilogy using the force awakens as a, as a baseline about yeah. where you could go after that. And, um, the third movie was going to be Mortis unleashed. That wasn't the name of it, but it, that, that was the idea of it was that the sun has turned Mortis into this like dark realm of his evilness. And, yeah. um, since, since the father and the daughter are now dead, he has full reign over it and there's no balance anymore. And he has kind of, he has found a way via the second movie um, I don't want to go into the whole thing, but he has found a way to basically impose his dominion over the galaxy from Mortis. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, like he's found a way into our galaxy and is currently like setting up his, his M- M- empire, which will reign for millennia to come. And um, the, uh, the ending that I had for that was that um, Ben Solo ends as the embodiment of the light in mortis and ray ends as the embodiment of the dark okay um so there's kind of a role reversal from how they started out in the movies yeah this was this was like in the throes of the balance equals balance is equal light and dark right you have to have dark you have to have it before you know started thinking more along the lines of darkness as a perversion rather than just one aspect of it yeah um but the idea was that uh that was that Ben ends up as the embodiment of the light. Ray ends up as the embodiment of the dark and Anakin as a force ghost slash, you know, world between worlds, uh, entity is the father who keeps them in balance. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was kind of my, that was my ending. Like if you had to rewrite the sequels, that was, that was how, that was where they ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. In a previous episode, actually, I mentioned to Elijah that, um, like, Kylo slash Ben wouldn't be a bad choice for a Mortis god, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, they, in a lot of ways, his story kind of reflects that as well. Yeah, being yeah, being a chosen one of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that that came my my thing came from like it seemed like. Kylo Ren was an inversion of Anakin from the prequels where his Anakin's whole thing is I'm growing up in the light. I'm tempted by the dark constantly. Ben's was I'm in the dark, but I keep getting tempted by that pesky light. Yeah. Um, But he's an imitator. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. And so the, uh, so my idea was like, you can have the turn kind of mirror Anakin's turn Mm -hmm. uh, in revenge of the Sith. That's very interesting. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot switching just a, just a little bit yeah, here and, sure. and Elijah I'm going to kind of throw a wrench in your plans here but um, no, I was do, just going to ask a general question to you guys why does Mace Windu think he's the chosen one <laughs> I think because he has an ego Mace Windu thinks he himself is that he that he himself is the chosen one so like long time <laughs> Star Wars lore has been that he hates Anakin because he thinks he is the chosen one 
Oh man, that tracks so well. For his <laughs> oh character. yeah, no, no, that's uh, like as a as a longtime prequel boy, <laughs> um, I can tell you for a fact that there have been several comic books, several books that mention that, and like even even he goes so far as to like basically bully Anakin as a child, <laughs> and like make him train harder than the other younglings, <laughs> like as a punishment. I made you strong you as made a punishment. Hurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's it's messed up, man. <laughs> But I was just throwing that out there. What 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 do y'all think about that? <laughs> oh man, that I, sorry, I'm kind of reeling because that is such a great, like, a little fanon about the character, like a head yeah. canon about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's. I don't know. I think it's a really interesting thought. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I, yeah. I I really think it, it's just ego. I I really like Mace Windu as a character, but. I, I think that was one of his biggest downfalls is he, he was very egotistical in himself, but he was also very egotistical in like the Jedi order and like their place in the galaxy. And I, I think he just, I think he just wanted uh, to be the one to actually bring the balance. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, do not think the Sith could have returned without us knowing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm sorry. Have you ever left the temple? <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, I mean, look at how like, he and Dooku obviously hate each other, like from right, Tales yeah, of the Jedi, right. and I think that's a big thing, is they both yeah. have very strong egos, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that's one thing that makes them hate each other. Right. Yeah. Even like whenever combi- they were on the same side. <laughs> they just they yeah. don't like each other at all. Yeah. yeah. A combination of the writing and Samuel L. Jackson's natural like charisma just made him the smarmiest bastard that's ever been yeah, yeah. but it's perfect yeah. it's yeah. perfect for the character i love it you know and, and um i'm fine with it but i i think it also went to just like how naturally talented he was i mean he was second only to yoda like he was he was definitely up there yeah and yeah, also like was... a long time goat yeah <laughs> like there's, yeah, there's nobody like... else yeah, wasn't it like uh, Yoda was Grandmaster of the Order, but Mace was the Grandmaster of the Temple? Yeah, so it's something some, along something like that. I mean, either like, way, he was easily the right-hand man. Yeah, Like Yoda, Yoda headed up all of the philosophical Enlightenment stuff, and Mace headed up all of their martial applications or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I, mean, I think yeah. no matter what, you could say Mace Windu's the head guardian. Like, he's the head of all yeah. the guardians, for yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. There's a reason yeah. that, like, Yoda went to go get the clones, and Mace went to lead, lead the Jedis on Geonosis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, 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 that it's really interesting, like, the, he was, you know, he thought he was the chosen one, because I always saw Mace Windu as, like, a perfect monolith of everything that was wrong with the Jedi Order. Yeah. Yeah, and he still is. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and I think one of the cardinal sins of the Jedi Order was certainty that they were on the right side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. not necessarily of light and dark, but just, like, the, 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 the Clone Wars, even. Yeah. Um, the certainty that they were always on the they were always doing the right thing because they were the Jedi and how could they do anything wrong mm-hmm. um, is kind of one of the big the big you know fatal flaws of the Jedi and Clone Wars the series really explored that a lot yeah um, but I think having Mace be like so certain that he's the chosen one that it like causes a him to need to bully a child who might be the uh, who might actually be the chosen one <laughs> right. yeah. is, is like it totally exemplifies that 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 certainty 
mm-hmm. was the Jedi's downfall. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah, that, and, that, that really fits really mm-hmm. well. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's been a long time since I've read this book. I actually have it on my shelf, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in the novelization of episode three that he oh, actually, nice. as a youngling, makes Anakin fight him. That is a training thing. I do believe that's that's the the novelization of episode three. Best, yeah, and he like best and he full Star on just Wars like book, by the way, and he full on like destroys him, and it's like Anakin's right. like twelve. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that is the best Star Wars book, by the way. And also, I think he taunts wondering. him too. I think he says like some chosen one you are or something like that. I mean, he says something that it's like, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and. And if I'm not mistaken, that book, like right before Mace Windu's death, makes it clear that it was that self-assuredness that was Mace's downfall. Because mm-hmm. Mace has that, at least in that book and in and in other expanded universe books, that um, he has that Shatterpoint ability. Yeah. yeah. He can see the intersections of destiny where people make choices that affect the rest of the, 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 the universe. Yeah. Um, and he... Um, and and it was his whole thing is like I can tell when shit's going down, you know. <laughs> like I yeah. I know where those shatter points are and how to exploit them. And then his last thoughts are he was so obsessed with his ability to see them that he never even thought that Anakin's shatter point might be Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also too, I think in the in the novel too, doesn't he um like it cuts to him for a second. And he's holding his lightsaber at Palpatine, and he is confident that he yeah, and Anakin no, are about is, to destroy Palpatine together. He, like, he's totally he, sure. Yeah. 100% sees himself as the Messiah here. This isn't, mm-hmm. I'm in movie three of six right now, and I'm about <laughs> to put an end to this. It's, no, I am the savior of the galaxy right now. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is more no than just, chance. oh, I need to, yeah, this is more than just, I need to win this fight. I need to beat the Chancellor. This is the climax of the story for Mace Windu. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And but yeah. I will say, but I I like that. Like just as far as character development of of Anakin and how all this stuff needed to happen, Mace Windu's kind of the perfect antagonist as far as right. making Anakin turn out the way that he does. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's everything. So did that the Mace force does. create Mace Windu for this purpose? <laughs> <laughs> crazy here man the force <laughs> created Mace Windu to bully a child yeah. <laughs> they also created Wado to yell at him yeah exactly yep <laughs> well so just kind of we, we've got to talk a lot of different theories a lot of different thoughts our personal thoughts just kind of like what maybe some of the fan debates are I think just in summary, you know, because the chosen one is so, or prophecy is so like open, uh, I was thinking maybe we could each just kind of give like our final, our final interpretation of like what that is and what balance is to us. Because, you know, I, I think we all, we have some similar thoughts and some different thoughts. And I think that'd be a good way to round this episode out. Okay. Uh, Elijah, would you go first? Cause I feel like you haven't gotten to talk like at all. No, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely can. Presiding over us, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, so for me, I again, like Seth said earlier, I've I've really gone on a long journey on like what the balance is, and I think learning that they never mentioned the light side in the first six movies really opened my eyes a lot. Um, and so I, I'm of the belief that there's. 
there is the force and the force is the proper like it is just how it should be and i think the dark side is a sickness but i also think the light side is a is also a sickness to the force when you go too far to the light it's like um uh, become mace windu yeah yeah (laughs) or or even to the point of like in yin and yang uh, one of, and please correct me I've, I've, if I'm wrong, but I believe a big reason that balance is so important is because obviously too much dark, you're doing evil things. Too much light, and you become inactive. You refuse to step up to the darkness. Be, like a, Almost like you become too much of a pacifist that you won't defend those in need. Um, and that's where balance really comes in. And I, I think that's... How I, I like to see the dark and the light is in they're they're both perversions in their own in their own way. The dark side more, of course. Like I, I definitely see it as a a sickness, and maybe the light is more of like a misunderstanding. And so I love the chosen one prophecy because the way it plays out to me is Anakin kills both sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> that, babe, you, you you cut to like. I know, I know they're gonna have to recast him because Ray Stevenson unfortunately passed away. But um, you could, like the first movie opens with with Balin holding Vader's charred helmet. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> "Help me, this one guy I knew one time. I will finish what you started." <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. one guy I for knew sure. one time. For sure. Well, because he's not his grandson. He yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think it. Um, I think it. it with uh, Ahsoka, I really like the theory that Ahsoka, uh, Anakin has now stepped into that place as the balance within the Force. You know, he didn't just, he wasn't just Anakin. He was Anakin and Vader. And um, that's, why, that's why I really like this idea of yeah. the two sides not necessarily being great either. It's, it's, yeah. it's supposed to be in more in the middle. Yeah, because he exists both as Anakin and as Vader in the yeah. world between worlds. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. We don't just see Anakin. He also is Vader in the yeah. world between worlds. Yeah, and the Force resides in all living things. I mean, that's something that uh, the Jedi claim to believe anyway, um, but I yeah, think is yeah, really true in the Star Wars. Scientifically. Yeah, right, which, but I think I, is is how Star Wars works. I, I, mean, never, I think the Force does reside in all living things. I never thought about that before, but... If with that, what you just said, Tuck, does like every normal person just exist in the balance? It's like they, the force, ex- the force itself exists within them. Yeah, I, I think so did the trees and frogs. I mean, like yeah. as far as what the Jedi believe, like ever, well, what they're supposed to believe. Excuse me, what Plo Koon <laughs> believes <laughs> is that, um, is that like My they boy. all exist in harmony. Yeah, and that it all yeah. exists all around them and through them. Yeah. And and what I I would say, like, what balance is meant to be is it's meant to be all of them existing in harmony and as part of each other, because that's what the force is, is it's it's a binding, it's a binding force that binds everything together and everyone is one, which is also like in our Plo Koon episode I talked about, like, I think not only when Plo Koon died that he didn't become an individual but i don't even think he wanted to i think for him the greatest joy that could possibly happen to him was becoming part of the giant yeah all 
inclusive force. Like I think Co- that's what he yeah. wants. Correct me. I if mean, I'm he wrong. did. He or, did explode. So yeah, that's he is true. kind of everywhere now. He he did go everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Remind me which is which, because there's the cosmic force and there's the living force, and I, I believe the cosmic force is like the all-encompassing force, and then the living force is like actual people and them interacting with. But I can't remember exactly how this work plays out. That is a topic for another episode. Uh, you yeah. know what? I'm down. I'd be down. There are I mean, whole books we could write about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's I think it's basically just kind of a life and death thing. I mean, isn't yeah. that pretty much right, Seth? Like the living forces alive things, whereas the cosmic force is dead things. Is kind of yeah. Where it's yeah, at. I kind of I, I that that's kind of how I've read it. I've also seen where it's like. The living force is is the aspect of it that's created by living things, and the cosmic force is the thing that creates those living things. Yeah, um, and it's both. It's like two different ways of thinking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, where it's like the cosmic force is the progenitor of all things, and the living force is the what is created by all living things, and it kind of goes in a in a cycle like that. Yeah, yeah. But I guess well, like my my point was just that the force is in all things and it yeah, is all yeah, things for sure. is what i'm saying yeah right. um yeah well totally. so, tucker you kind of bounced off um what i was saying but did you like just kind of final thoughts did you have any other like things you wanted to say about the balance the force the chosen one the prophecy what, what do you have for us i really like your yin and yang thing man i mean i think Thank that's you. pretty that's pretty much what i think as well um you know i, I mean i'm gonna be honest here i i think that the Sith, the reason that they, whenever they die, like, for instance, they can only haunt something. Like, they can only haunt an object or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they are, and kind of like what Seth was saying, too, I don't think that they necessarily are part of the Force as much as other beings. But I think that in order to become a Night Sister, become a Sith you have to do enough evil things to where you kind of give that up. Like you kind yeah. of give up a bit of your, I'm humanity. only using this because it's an earth word, but yeah, humanity. Yeah. Like, I mean, like obviously right. an alien doesn't have humanity cause they're not right, human, right. but you get my point. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I think, no, I think I, the I, only reason they do that is because they have to give that up. Yeah. I think that that's supported by a lot of the, uh, like the uh, the novels and stuff. I think in Revenge of the Sith, the reason that Palpatine sends Anakin to go kill all the Separatist leaders more than just wanting them dead, the reason he specifically sent Anakin to do it was to help further cement Anakin's fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like it also the Jedi, but like I think I think he's it, like in Palpatine's mind in that book. The actual reason he's sending Anakin is that, like, with every death, Anakin's humanity uh, is 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 dying. With yeah, him. yeah, and I mean, like, he already did the hardest thing, and that was killing people he loves. But also right. to get him to fully, you know, submit where he's at, he has to also kill people he hates. Yeah, right, right, and to, give, to into give into, the into hate. that hatred. Yeah, and and not yeah. only just giving into his hatred. He was told he was doing the right thing. Like, he was ending this three-year-long war by killing these Separatist leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anakin, and- Anakin, 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 oh my gosh, I just realized this. Anakin never learned that General Grievous was dead, did he? Oh. Oh. He didn't I don't know think the war did. was over. Right. 
by yeah, that point, actually, yeah. And Palpatine may have played it like that. I will say the only thing in the novelization is actually just this is slightly off topic, but if you haven't just read that one part, because it is kind of sick how much like trash Anakin's talking while he's killing the separatists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I know exactly geez, what you're dude. Talking like about. he's like he goes dark <laughs> like yeah. really yeah. fast. Yeah. 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 Which, like he wanted to kill each and every one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one reason I really like um sorry, I to just bounce back to what I was saying a few minutes ago. Um one reason I really like the yin and yang and that Anakin killed the Jedi and the Sith. I, I like this view of the prophecy because it's not saying in the future we can't have Jedi or Sith anymore. It's just saying like the current existence of these two orders were both causing imbalance and he killed them. You know, the Jedi were serving the Senate instead of the Force and I genuinely believe the rule of two also was causing imbalance. Like they were purposely forcing the dark side into this little bubble of two people, except for their secret apprentices. Um, <laughs> they they were trying and, to control that aspect. And any of it Jedi in who totally. stubs their toe. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So like going forward past Episode Six, you know the Jedi should be more focused on the Force and the Sith. You know we got we kind of get to see this opened up with like. Um, the Knights of Rin and uh, like Rin himself, and I know Kylo. We had Snoke, Palpatine. They're all dark side users, and I, I believe the the like normal knights still had some. They weren't like Sith Sith, but they still had some connection to the dark side. So it it just it opened that door for more people to have access to it when before it was just such a closed off since system. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, if um, like just while we're talking about this, I, I think it's relevant to one just thought I had as well, as far as the yin and yang thing, um, talking early about how the Sith and the Night Sisters and Dark Side users like have to sell a part of themselves to become that. Mm-hmm. I think also the apathetic Jedi, in a way, sell a part of themselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of like how you go wrong. You lose sight of the force and its will and you yeah. decide that you know what? It's my will and I'm going to do what I want to do. Um yeah. and that's how you get a Mace Windu like character. I mean, he had to sell right. part of himself to get there. Yeah. 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 Like do you think Anakin would have fallen if he had told himself that he was allowed to feel the feelings he had? Well, because I've always <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, hard because because I've always and, and obviously like you can talk about like oh he's on this path and it leads to there, um, but I always saw that one scene where um, the, the 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 crisis point the the shatter point of Anakin and uh, Palpatine and Mace Windu as Anakin has lived his life telling him that he is bad mm-hmm. for feeling these things mm-hmm. by this guy who is now doing the exact same things Anakin has wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that's when it all shatters for him. Yeah. That's when he realizes yeah. the, the lies of the Jedi, you know? Um, it's okay. We could talk about will, would Anakin have fallen, but that, that was kind of my point was like the, that you're totally right. That like serving the light side also takes something. From yeah. Which, yeah. So there's a theory uh, going around right now that, I think it came up after Ahsoka, like, we got the, you know, whole 
uh, World Between mm-hmm. World, and I don't remember who came up with this th- theory, but it's not mine, um, that Anakin was never drawn to the dark side. He was drawn to the balance, and that he was punished for that. And so instead of going to the balance, he kind of went a little too far. Hmm. Yeah, I will say with Anakin real quick, the selling yourself thing, I'm just going to return back to that for a second. But I think think as far as him coming back, Luke is special in that, like, Luke helps him to find and redeem the humanity that he got rid of. Yeah. And that's part of why I think, you know, his... He really does bring balance is because he truly is redeemed. Yeah. He he becomes himself again is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, both recovering parts of him that were both lost to the dark and the light. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. A, perf- yeah. a perfect Jedi would not have saved his son out of love. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. They're not supposed to. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, if the one hurting your son is a Sith Lord, maybe there's an exception yeah. to be made there. But, but you're it, also but not won- supposed to have a son. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think I've got one last question for you, Seth. Um, yes. Tuck and I, we talked a little bit about this during our Ahsoka series, but uh, review. Do you think Balin and Shin are able to stay more in the like balance compared to other people that have tasted the dark side because Anakin brought balance to the force. That's a really interesting question. And it's kind of been on the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's an interesting question because there's a part of me that wants to be like, Oh, the dark is like a drug. Once you get that first taste, it, you know, forever will it dominate your destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, concrete examples of that not happening like the whole point of the movie return of the jedi was that luke was able to resist even though he had the dark in him yeah and that that fact that he was able to resist is what gave vader like the 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 idea that maybe he could too yeah you know even after all this he still hasn't fallen maybe it's not too late for me um and so like while at one point i want to be like oh yes because yoda said uh, but like the the movies tell a very different story yeah that um it's is possible to touch the dark and 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 live through it you know Mm -hmm. um there's a part of me that really uh you know looking at what is my favorite scene i know i say that a lot about the sequels yeah one of my favorite scenes about the sequels is when ray first reaches out to the um when ray first reaches out you know not with her hand but with her mind um and she senses the stuff that's going on on the island yeah and she talks about there's 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 life there's death there's order there's chaos there's dark and there's light and between it all a force um which is just one of the greatest things that has ever been said in, in a yeah. Star Wars movie. Um, but the, uh, but um, there's a, there's, you know, we talked about, I'm going on this journey of where I think I, I fall on this, on this topic. I think that I've had my mind changed while we were here. Yeah. Well, um, so what are yeah. your, what, what's your kind of, at least temporary I, right now, final thoughts on it? 
Yeah, so I would say I think that the dark and the light, not necessarily as the characters see them, but as just a general order, chaos, life, death, etc., is intrinsic to the Force. And that the problem isn't the light side or the dark side, it's the light side and the dark side users. Yeah. It's not about this side of the force is good and this side of the force is bad. It's about the fact that these people have figured out how to manipulate them. Mm, yeah. Um, that it's, it's, and, and so that, that's kind of where I am now. It's like, it, and that's where it's like, okay, I am on Balin's team now <laughs> <laughs> because his whole thing is that this needs to end. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that it's, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my, my, my thought process now is that the dark and the light exist whether or not there are Jedi and Sith, right? That's kind of Luke's thing in, in The Last Jedi is is that force does not belong to the Jedi. Right, right. Um, and, and that the issue, the force would have a light and a dark whether or not people could control or feel it. The issue is that when you have somebody who can tap into that, they become extremely dangerous. Yeah. Um, and it, and I think that's why the Jedi are so like, no, you cannot form attachments. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the danger, the danger isn't the dark side. The danger is somebody who's able to use it. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm thinking now. So in that case, balance might mean no more force users. Ooh. Like true balance. Yeah. Just letting the um, force exist completely on its own yeah i mean if if i went fully into that camp that would just mean that all nine movies are pointless <laughs> um <laughs> right so obviously like there, there's more to it than that but that that's kind of where my head is right now yeah yeah i like that well tucker did you have any uh any like final thoughts on everything no no i kind of I, I mean whenever you did yours i kind of you know said pretty much anything i wanted to say then so great well feel pretty is, good about it yeah <laughs> this has been a good talk boys yeah, yeah i i definitely yeah and it's uh, i wish we had an actual resolution but there's just not one right. i think that's the yeah. secret is there's I, I just think that's not one point. yeah <laughs> if, if you think that disney is going to resolve the biggest question in their whole movies in their biggest movie series <laughs> just think i happen they, they are just, going to ride that horse until they're beating they it can. just by standing on it yeah, yeah. for sure yep <laughs> for sure it's the... yep those sweet sweet yeah. dollar bills right well of course we can't give a f resolution <laughs> yeah. if we gave a resolution we couldn't make movies anymore right. <laughs> yeah well yep. um before we go seth did you have any of your stuff that you wanted to like shout out not yet. Maybe soon, coming down the pipeline. But yeah, um, for sure. I currently, do not have anything to refer pe people to. Gotcha. That's totally okay. And uh, if you're listening to this far in the future, I'll have Seth send me all of these future projects. I'll link them in the description uh, whenever that time comes. That you know, they have to happen first. <laughs> yeah, and for there, sure. There's the rub. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do. Appreciate it. If you want to be a part of this conversation, you can email us at animalsquadron at gmail.com. Again, that is animalsquadron at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Uh, if you're listening somewhere where you can leave us a review, that would be amazing. It really helps the podcast out. And if you're listening on uh, Spotify, the question of the week will be 
what does the balance and the pro chosen one prophecy mean to you? For the Animal Squadron, this has been Mother Goose, Low Tech Tuck, and Seth. Goodbye, everybody. Adios. See ya.